welcome to the Carolina Snowflakes podcast, where two Southerners come to terms with their liberal snowflake tendencies. We're your hosts. I'm Amanda. And my name's Jason. And we're here with this week's episode of the Carolina Snowflakes podcast. This one is Our Quest for Nighthood Part 2. Our Quest for Nighthood. <laughs> because we are on a path to trying to become knights. I would love to be a knight. You would be a lady or a dame. But is that still technically a knight? Yes. Oh. They belong to the same class order. Yeah. yeah. Then I'm totally in. Yeah. I'm in. It's just, uh, there. it's still gendered, you know, it's it's an old tradition. So um, right. there's right. still uh, a difference in title. Uh, the name that you would get would be dame or lady. And this is a, a follow-up from our previous Quest for Knighthood. Episode, yes. Yeah, because, well, I love knights and I love England and I want to do glory for England because that's how you get a knight. And so I figured the best way I know of to do glory for England is to make a podcast about how great England is. And, and to talk about how much we want to be knighted. Uh-huh. And just about how England's great and I'm going to do glory for it now here <laughs> for the empire. Okay. <laughs> and... um. I figured we wanted to be knights, so I, I I was like, I need to really look into uh, what all what all that means. What is a knight anyway? Like exactly, because I know they 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 came from all kinds of different countries, but specifically to England, I guess was my question. What is a knight? Right. And so it actually goes back to like the 11th century, so around a thousand. Yeah, and they were basically the definition was just anyone who's a professed cavalryman, someone who was riding horses and fighting. Basically, is what a knight was. Oh. If you rode a horse and fought, you were a knight. So at that point, it wasn't the ceremony of like... No, there was none of that. Oh. It was just a basic job of fighter. Um, and what's interesting is like by the 12th and thir- by the time you get to like the 13th century, um, the, the 1200s, what we call the Middle Ages, what you think of as a knight, that's when it starts to become a ceremony. That's when they become like... Uh, royal guard they called him familia it was the guard of the of the king of the the lord of wherever you were okay so that like evolved over time originally they were like farmers basically who just knew how to ride horses and fight at the same time like and it that, was like you're a knight you're a knight you can fight on a horse <laughs> you know that was all that it really that's all that it really boiled down to but over time it became more of a social class and stopped being a uh, a, a job and that's when the, the the whole idea of knighthood as a as a thing started to come in and chivalry and all this. But originally, yeah, it was just you just knew how to fight with a horse and you could afford it. Like originally, knights were just anyone who could afford to buy an armor and a horse, which back then would cost the same as like a house. Like what we would now pay for a house, that would be what it would cost you to get a piece of armor and a sword and a horse, which is crazy. But what about now? Now? Do we have to be loaded before we can get knighted? Pretty much, yeah. What? Pretty much. I mean, the queen has to know who you are. Well, I figure she's listening to our podcast, so... Well, then then, then this this will work. Okay, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there, right. Uh, What I found also interesting is that, like, they could also be mercenaries, so uh, knights didn't necessarily have to work for the king where they live. They could, if you paid them more, they could go work for somebody else, which I find very interesting. So... Knights at bottom were just hired guards, really. Uh, but the king usually was able to pay him the most, so I guess that was the thing. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the way you became a knight was really interesting. So you were they were all noble. They were of noble lineage. And you had to be a boy. It was, again, these were past times. Things were quite gendered. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but kids around seven to ten years old would be sent off to live with their lord. Like you have to go live there, and you start off as a as a servant. They, they call them a page. We still use that word, actually, page. Yeah, we do. Um, that's basically an errand boy, a bitch boy, a gopher, someone oh. who has to go around and do all that. You serve the table. You you take the table up for the lord. For a lord. Yeah, for okay. for whoever owns a bunch of land. Okay. And you would do that job until you were 14. So like seven years of being a gopher until when you were 14, they would promote you to squire, which now you get to like be in charge of weapons. You would be in charge of the knight's weapons. I make sure his swords aren't broken and I, I keep, I take his horse from him when he jumps off and starts fighting. Somebody has to run up and grab the horse. That would be the squire's job. A lot of times a knight would go in and he'd be fighting and he'd have like five dudes behind him on horses just ready to hand him other weapons or take his horse or do whatever he needed. So you're like the you're like the knight's assistant. Mm-hmm, knight assistant, yeah. And then from there, by the time you're 18 to 20, you could be dubbed a knight and become your own knight and go off and get squires and work for a lord and get paid. <laughs> so you've already put a lot of work into it by the time you're a knight, from 7 to 20. Yeah. And during that whole time, you're basically not living at home. You don't see your family. Like, that's... That's the thing. Have you ever noticed rich people sometimes just send their kids away and just like don't hang yeah. out with them for oh, long periods yeah. of time? It's yeah. a rich person thing. I- <laughs> yeah. As the poor folks are like, well. No, you're stuck with them. You're stuck together you're here. You're stuck with them. But rich people are like, nah, I can afford to send my kids away for a huge chunk of time. Yeah. Practically their whole lives. <laughs> yeah. And they develop into <laughs> completely different humans that we didn't even know. We'll see what they turn out to be. Yeah. I, I guess it was very, pro, like, it happened a lot back then, mm. which I find very interesting. So that's like the history of how we got knights. Okay. What they did. Now, in modern times, a knight is just a title. It's just an honorific. That's like symbolic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because we don't have people fighting on horses really anymore. It's kind of bad for the horses. It's, just not yeah, good. Right. And also, they would get crushed by tanks. I can't imagine a horse doing good against a tank <laughs> in a battle. Yeah, that would be... I think a lot of people would, <laughs> would be troubled by Peter that. would be pissed. Oh, they would be so pissed. <laughs> there's, a, there's a complex honor system in England that's all convoluted. And over the years, there's been ones that have been there that have gotten removed. But in modern times, there's basically three different kinds of honors. There's a thing called an honor that's a merit for an achievement or a service. So it's like... You did something awesome. You became the fastest runner on the planet. You would get a honor. A decoration is used to recognize a specific deed. So like if the queen was like, I sent you to be a diplomat to Iraq and you negotiated peace, mm-hmm. you could get you could get a decoration for that. Oh. Because like you completed a task on behalf of the queen. And then a medal is something that you get for like long time service in the military or long time service in a specific operation from the queen. Or from the British government in general. Uh-huh. Um, and there are currently six different orders of chivalry that give these awards out. And each one of them comes with the title of knight. There are also a bunch of other ways you can get medals and stuff, but they don't come with the title of knight. So this is all like, okay, so I'm trying to understand here since we're going to be doing this yeah, ourselves. Yeah, soon. this is, we need to know this. There's different like classifications now. Mm-hmm. Of knighthood, right? Of yes. knighthood, right? Are the, it all comes from the queen, though? No, some of them. That was what I was saying. Like some of these are uh, things that come from boards. Like they have boards of directors or whatever that decide who get these things. Especially oh, a lot of the military ones. Snap. Yeah, especially a lot of the military. So, ones. are we gonna have to appeal to a board? No, because um, those. That's what I was gonna say next. Is all of those interestingly are you have to be a British citizen? So they're all tied to the military or things you've done 
as oh. a British citizen. Oh. The only award that grants the title of knight that you and I as Americans would have access to is from the queen herself, the sovereign. She's the only one who could bestow the title of knight onto us as non-British citizens. Wow. No pressure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We got to go straight to her. We got to go straight to the source on <laughs> we this gotta one. We got to go straight to the queen. <laughs> yeah. So um, what I find interesting is there's six different orders of chivalry that all grant the title of knighthood. And they have interesting names. The first one is the Most Noble Order of the Garter. That one is like, uh, I think it's like kind of a Scottish version of knighthood. Um, Then there's the Most Ancient and Most Noble Order of the Thistle. That one's purely Scottish. Uh Those you can't get unless you're Scottish. Then there's one that's called the Most Honorable Order of the Bath. I don't know what that's all about, but that's what it's called. They all claim to be most something i find interesting hmm. the next one is the most distinguished order of saint michael and saint george um that's more of a religious thing i guess oh then there's the royal victorian order that's the one that's at king and queen discretion they can give them to whoever the sovereign gets would that them. be the ones that we got yeah either the royal victorian order or the last one is the most excellent order of the british empire oh. that one's also a discretionary one, but usually given to celebrities. That's the one most celebrities have. So that would be like us. Yeah. So that one would be more, because mm-hmm. we're basically celebrities. Yeah, the Royal Victorian Order is more for people that the king or queen are close to and decide that they want to, they want a knight, from what I was reading. And the most excellent order of the British Empire means you just were excellent and England likes you. Well, that's a stretch. We might have to go for the other one. Yeah, either one. Because I feel like we could get close to the queen. Yeah, either one. Is and what she we're would be like, for. "These two <laughs> are incredible." Either either one of those are kind of what we're what they we're shooting for. Should be knighted. <laughs> and as I choose my knights, I usually choose famous people. That's I assume what the queen says, <laughs> how she says it too, <laughs> just like that. In a, in a different hat, she always has a hat. She does. You never see the queen without a hat. Now, I find that interesting. Well, there are a lot of famous people who are who have been knighted, and I find some of them to be interesting. <laughs> um, so, like, Kira Knightley, well, she has the name already, so... Well, that's... Yeah, lucky bitch. Yeah. Oh, Ralph Lauren, he's been knighted. Like uh, the designer guy? Yeah, yeah, the designer. This one, this one really gets under my skin because she just didn't do that much, but Adele has been knighted. Oh, wait... We can't talk shit about Adele if we're going to try to get knighted. I know, I know. Like, we can't do that. So she said hello from the knightly side, I guess. So good for you, Adele. Yeah. Oh, uh, this guy is not British, but Ewan McGregor has been knighted. Uh, he's Australian, right? Yeah, but Australia and... England are like the same thing. Well, that and she... So the queen technically reigns over... Yeah, yeah. Like, symbolically, Australia. Yeah. Like, 16 different countries, including yeah. Australia. Interestingly, in the picture of him when he was getting knighted, he was wearing a kilt, which I found weird. But he just, uh, he was wearing a kilt. Okay. I mean, if you, a lot of people think Ewan McGregor's hot. So, if you want to see pictures of him in a kilt, look up Ewan McGregor when he was knighted. Uh, <laughs> Kate Winslet's been knighted. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Helena Bottom Carter. So, a lot of three-name ladies. Hmm. Um, James Corden, <laughs> the, the the like talk late night talk show host guy, he's he's a knight. Rod Stewart, Rod Stewart is a knight. Interesting. Now this is this is where something really interesting happens. So there 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 are a couple of British people who have been knighted, but it's been controversial. Oh. So uh, the Beatles, all of the Beatles have been knighted. 
Every single one of them. Um, but only Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones has been knighted. <laughs> and Keith Richards had something to say about that. He was I'm like, sure he did. Fucking only Mick used to be a fucking knight. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. He's just propaganda for a fucking machine he is. <laughs> You know, like, I figure Keith Richards, apparently it was a scandal. I look like, apparently Keith Richards was fucking pissed. I'm sure. Because, I mean, that is kind of dirty. Like, how is it only you're going to give it to Mick? Yeah, especially after you united all the Beatles. And especially now that, and knowing that Keith and Mick Jagger don't like each other and they don't even really talk anymore, he's probably like, that fucking asshole so full of himself. <laughs> and I, I just think it's funny. I just think it's funny picturing <laughs> Keith Richards being bitter about that shit. I would be. Um, and then there's been some Americans who have gotten it, including Bill Gates, um, for all his charity work, I oh, assume. Oh, right. Okay, I'm sitting here like, what? Why? <laughs> I assume for all of his charity work. Yeah, yeah. Um, George Bush, because him and Tony Blair were so tight. That was W. W, yeah. yeah. Because him and Tony Blair were so tight is why I think he got knighted. Because they were like, they loved each other. So when he, like when, he, deep... when he knelt, was it like, heh, heh, heh. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Colin Powell was knighted. Uh, I'm not exactly sure specifically what it was. I mean, he's just awesome, I guess. Yeah, um, I guess. And Bob Hope, another charity one I can completely understand. He's done so much charity work that... And a longtime entertainer. Mm-hmm. I it bet was... he made the queen laugh. Yeah, yeah. You I feel like assume. if you make her laugh, maybe that's kind of a and like she a way had, in had to have loved Bob Hope. I feel like back then everybody loved him. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So and then some people have turned down the knighthood or given what? it back. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um. David Bowie turned <gasps> down knighthood. Really? Yeah. David Bowie. So he turned it down or gave it back? He turned it down. Oh, wow. He didn't want it. Well, Bowie is legend. I know. He said he didn't want it because it, it was political. And he was like, I'm not political. I don't I don't want anything political. I don't care. Interesting. Yeah. Aldous Huxley, the guy who wrote A Strange New World, uh, he turned it down, too. He was, he was For the same reasons. He said it was political and it was bullshit and he didn't want it. Okay. Um, Stephen Hawking turned it down because of a war that was going on in Nigeria at the time in England. And so he was like, I do not want your knighthood, bitch. <laughs> So, yeah, and then John Lennon returned his uh, for for a war that was going on with England, and he was like, "Yoko says me can't keep it. You got us to take it back, Queen. Yoko, she's all pissed off." Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, so that's that's some interesting, famous night. Now things. have all all those folks actually had like the sword on their shoulders? Yeah, they and they all have the little medal. You also get a medal that you can wear. Okay, like a nice little medal. And what's interesting is the different orders of chivalry have different medals and different things that you get. The ones the most of them gets like a little cross that looks like it's awesome looking. It's like metal cross that has a little red circle in the middle of it. It's badass, and they're all holding it up with their little picture. Like, yeah, here it is. Cool. I can't wait. I can't wait till I get and I'm pretty the sword sure, on my shoulders and I get a little medal. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure one of the most famous knights is Patrick Stewart. And oh, yeah. There's a really funny YouTube we should link to of him talking about specifically how the whole process of how he got knighted. It's hilarious. He gets a, you get a really fancy letter in the mail. And yeah, I was wondering about that too. Like, do they call yeah, you? No, you get like, a fancy letter. Is the queen all letter. like, hey. The queen has her, so get this, the queen has her own postal service that she doesn't have to pay to send mail. 
because mm. it's funded by them. So she has a special thing. So like it doesn't come in the regular mail. Like a guy dressed in like with the tall hat and shit comes <laughs> shows up at your house and gives you the tall fuzzy the hat. Queen's and shit. mail. Yeah, and hands you the queen's mail, and it's like in a brown package tied up with string, all fucking sound of music like, and you open it up. <laughs> And then there's this fancy-ass calligraphy writing, and it's like, you know, the queen herself summons you. and You have been summoned. Yeah, and he says, you know, you go there, and she's on a platform, so, you know, like... She's kind of short, anyway. Right. They have to have her higher up. You'll see in the pictures of people getting knighted, she's on the top of the steps, so that you don't you can kind of kneel, but, like, a lot of people get knighted when they're old as shit, so they don't really kneel right. that much. and they're like, listen, if I kneel, yeah. I'm not getting back up. Yeah, so some of them just kind of <laughs> lean into it. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, you gotta be practical about these things right and uh he tells a really funny story about it and just the general ins and outs of it's pretty great we'll link to that in the uh is there like snacks and stuff because it's a ceremony so i'm like yeah and it's a long ceremony she does multiple at a time so they'll schedule a bunch like so that she can just do them but like she it's you know hours and hours in a day she'll stand there for four hours just listen to me i got my priority straight i'm like are there snacks i'm pretty sure there are snacks (laughs) Because I'm going to need some snacks. I doubt I, I doubt there are finger foods because it's fancy. So I imagine they're on like little forks or like little toothpicks or something. Mostly just tea, probably. Yeah. Stuff you can eat with white gloves on, <laughs> I assume. Because everybody's wearing them. Uh, yeah, I assume everybody's wearing white right. gloves. But there's probably butlers walking around and stuff. I don't know. Do the butlers just put the food right into your mouth? <laughs> probably. Because they, they should. Yeah. Like, listen, I'm I'm a knight. I'm getting ready to be a knight. I'm a knight. And they have like special meetings that you can only things you can only do if you're a knight. And Patrick Stewart talks <gasps> like about going to those special nightclubs. Yeah. Oh, nightclubs. Uh-huh. Get it? Special nightclubs. <laughs> oh shit! I do get it. That's that's a good joke. Thanks. You're a VIP at the nightclub. I can't wait to K. go to a nightclub with I you. I know, I know. We would be one of very few British people to, I mean, non-British people to have been knighted. So we have to work hard. Yeah, well, we are. We're practically there. Yeah, right. Right. We're practically there. <laughs> Look out, England. We're Here, we a, Here we come. Here we come. Well, once we're knighted, I figure we're probably going to be spending a lot of time with the queen and the royal family. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like what I would assume you would want to do. I figure that's what knights do, right? They have like special passageways through the palace that they can meet meet them in and stuff. I figure, I mean, they already have a nightclub. So when they're not at the nightclub, they're hanging out Mm -hmm. with the fam. Yeah, with the fam, just chilling. And I was like, well, since we're going to be hanging out with the fam now, and by the fam, I mean like the royal fam. The royal family. (laughs) It's probably in our best interest to maybe know some things about them, about the queen. Yeah, I know a little bit, but I don't know that much about them. Well, I went and looked up some stuff, and I've got 20 interesting facts about the queen and the royal family. Interesting facts about the queen and the royal family. Yeah. Number one, the queen has two birthdays. What? Yeah. She's so epic. Yeah. <laughs> like, she celebrates. So it's like the day she was a queen and twice. the day she was born? Kind of, sort of. So her actual birthday is April 21st, and she celebrates that day like with her family. Mm-hmm. It's like private ceremony. Mm-hmm. And then to celebrate her birthday with the rest of the country, they hold a second birthday for her. It's usually like the second Saturday in June. Okay. And that date was chosen because of the weather. Oh. Like just, literally. Just practically. <laughs> yeah. So uh. King King George II was the one who actually he came up like, with that. Let's give her a second birthday and just make it when it's nice out. 
They could have just said, just, just said when it's nice out, which is like very rarely in England from my understanding. Right. So. That's why it's the second Saturday in June. <laughs> yeah. It's like the only time. It's the yeah. only time it ain't raining. Exactly. Yes. Number two. They don't say ain't though. I just said ain't with a British ain't. accent. That was fucking weird. Ain't. I don't think they do say ain't. No, I doubt it. Yeah. Well, number two. <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to touch the royal family unless you're also royal. Really? Yeah, and it's not so much that it's like a legal issue as much as it's just sort of etiquette. That's well, they didn't cross hands off. They didn't cross blood that much either. That's why a lot of them ended up special (laughs) and looking the way they do. Yeah, (laughs) but apparently Michelle Obama missed that memo. Oh yeah, and gave the Queen like a great big bear hug. Oh, in two thousand nine. Yeah. And all of England gasped. I wonder what would happen if you just like gave her dap, you know, like just a fist bump. <laughs> She'd probably do it. A fist bump might be considered okay. But it did seem like the queen was actually okay with Michelle's. I'm sure she hug. was. Yeah. But like everybody was like, because oh, you don't do that. Who wouldn't want to be hugged by Michelle Obama? I know, right? I kind of want to. Yeah. That, let's put that on our list. Yeah. After we're knights, I bet she'll hug us. I bet she would. Number three, you can't marry your way to the throne. Yeah. While a woman who marries a king will receive the ceremonial title of queen or Mm -hmm. queen consort, it doesn't work the other way around. Right. So that's why Prince Philip Mm -hmm. was always Prince Philip, even though he was married to the queen. Yeah. And it's mostly because of sexism and the patriarchy. Yeah, but it also meant he knew he was never going to be king, so he didn't have to give a shit about any of the rules. That's true. That's that's why he was so (laughs) rad. That's true. But it's it, kings are considered sovereign. Yeah. And queen is more of like a symbolic title. Yeah, it's a placeholder for the next sovereign. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Number four, the queen sets the tone at dinners and huh. guests are expected to follow suit. So like if she stops eating, you're supposed to stop eating too. Oh, yeah. Like it's time to stop. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. The queen took a sip of her tea. It's time for tea. Ah, wow. What kind of weird power that There's would be. There's a lot of like etiquette I stuff. would totally be using it to mess with them. If I'd you were like, the queen? They'd be or... like, I guess now we stick breadsticks in our nose. <laughs> Everybody do it. Do it. Number five. The royals are not allowed to sign autographs. Huh. So like... When they have their meet and greets and gatherings and stuff, they can't. I guess so you can't forge their signatures. That's exactly why. Huh. It's so it's to prevent like forward, uh, a forgery and fraud, huh. stuff like that. Also, I imagine, yeah, I imagine they'd be worth a lot. It would create a whole problem. Yeah. yeah. Number six, and you kind of mentioned this about the queen and her hats. Yeah. So the queen wears bold bright colors uh-huh. to be more visible yeah have you ever noticed you've ever seen her out like she's always got oh, yeah. like bright purple or bright pink yeah, like a fuchsia. hunter <laughs> yeah, so you don't mistake her for a bear or yeah something. a deer of some a deer. kind deer <laughs> well the reason is because everyone wants to be able to say that they saw the queen right and when she's out and about in public obviously pre-covid she's got the brightest pink yeah she's super visible yeah. And it's honestly, it's so that people can say that they saw her. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Number seven, when the queen travels out of country, she always has a Royal Navy doctor along with her. And if she's traveling to any country that might not have adequate medical care, she travels with her own supply of blood. She, yeah, yeah, just keeps some extra blood. <laughs> like she's this got a, a bucket. Queen's blood. She's got a bucket of blood. Make way for the queen's blood. <laughs> That's awesome. Isn't that crazy? That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Number eight, she and other royals 
also always travel with a change of clothes that are all black. And this is done in case anyone dies. Yeah, in case someone dies, so they won't be seen not right. wearing black. So they'll have terrible. proper attire for... There's always that little reminder. For mourning. Like, William, Harry, don't forget to bring your black in case I die while you're gone. <laughs> There's always that little reminder. So when we're knights and we're traveling with Uh the queen, we're going to have to make sure we bring some. Yeah, you have your ready-to-born clothes. Yeah. yeah. Although, but she apparently won't die, so. (laughs) That's true. Well, I wasn't saying her, but like it truly is for any of the royals. If anybody royal dies. Yeah. 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 Number nine, and this is where I think you and the queen will bond. Uh Uh-huh. The queen hates garlic. Oh, I hate garlic too. I know. She hates the way it smells. Uh-huh. The way it tastes. Oh man, I agree. So much so that she doesn't like allow it. She you in can't any... have it around. No. Hell yeah. Absolutely. She's like not. a fucking vampire. Yeah, yeah. Number 10. According to a 2015 documentary called Serving the Royals, Prince Charles doesn't squeeze his own toothpaste. Hell nah, fuck that. He has a butler for that. Yeah, a butler to squeeze my <laughs> toothpaste. Apparently that, um, that documentary uh, has a lot of things like that yeah. in it, where it's sort of behind the scenes. And He's like, I can't be bothered. Allegedly, somebody irons his shoelaces. Well, you can't have wrinkly shoelaces. <laughs> it can't be seen like that. That's like wearing white after Labor Day. Right. It's just gauche. Number 11. The queen worked as a military mechanic during World War II. Hell yeah. She was a mechanic in the Women's Auxiliary Territorial Service. Wow, that's awesome. Pretty badass. I saw a picture of her in her uniform. She's probably like Rosie the Riveter and shit all yeah, like fucking she... badass with the like fucking we can do it. And her like, yeah, that's she awesome. She looks pretty badass. Hell yeah. Number 12. Prince Charles dated Princess Diana's sister. Oh, snap. Before dating and eventually marrying Diana. Oh, man. And he actually met Diana through dating her sister. Oh, dirty. Oh, man. I like you, but I like your sister more. God, that's awkward. That's fucked up. (laughs) Number 13. The queen and her late husband, Prince Philip, were third cousins. Yeah, see, that's what I was saying earlier. I know. There's a lot of that going on. Their great-great-grandparents, Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, were first cousins who Uh, married in 1840. Yeah. I I guess that's what they have in common with Southerners, though. That's the thing. That's why we'll get along with them. (laughs) We understand. I mean, we're not, but you know. I've been, yeah, I've been living in the (laughs) South my whole life. I'm pretty sure I've seen some people who was cousins. We've met some sister cousins, Uh you know. (laughs) I am my own grandpa's. (laughs) (laughs) Number 14. The queen not only owns all the swans in Great Britain. All the swans. She also owns all the whales and the dolphins in the waters surrounding the country. Nice. And they're known as the fishes royal. Nice. (laughs) So, like, you can't assault a swan or, or that's like assaulting the queen. Yes. Yeah. Number 15. The queen uses her purse or handbag to send signals. <laughs> her purse. <laughs> so like 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 a baseball umpire or player, yeah. like the way they signal each other? Yeah. So normally, like, if you ever look at her, she normally carries her purse, like, in her left hand. Mm-hmm. But if she moves that purse to her right hand, that's a signal to, like, her posse and her peeps that, like, she's ready to go. Yeah, I got, I'm, it's time to go. It's like, get me away from this person. Yeah, I feel like a lot of couples have that same sort of, mm-hmm. yeah. Number 16, the queen checks and reads her own mail. Huh. Every day she reads anywhere from 300 to 400 letters. 
Wow. From people all over the world. I bet that's I bet that's really interesting. Yeah. 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 Number 17, she and the other royals are known to respond to those letters. Wow. And to do it themselves. Wow. Making it like personal and a really nice touch. Well, I guess because they don't have anything else really that they have to do. (laughs) I guess kind of. They got the time. Yeah. Number 18. In 1969, the queen and her family released a documentary showing them living their daily lives in an attempt to win back favor among citizens of the UK because the notion of a royal family had kind of fallen out of favor at that point. Yeah. Like people were like, why are we paying these folks to exist? Uh-huh. So they were like, we'll just put out a documentary and show how like yeah, relatable we well? are. <laughs> did not go well. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Documentary was a flop and people felt that it only really made matters worse. Yeah. So the queen issued a recall on the film <laughs> and it currently resides in the royal archives where it's only viewable with her permission. Oh, wow. Yeah. I wow. kind of want to see it. Yeah, I kind of want to <laughs> see that too. So like once we're knighted. We'll have to see if we can... There's got to be British people who have seen it. Of course. It came out in the 69, so there's people living that saw it when it came out. It was a fucking tragedy, it was. (laughs) Apparently, it was pretty bad. Huh. Number 19. All of the queen's skirts and dresses have weights sewn into the hemline. So there's no chance of a Marilyn Monroe scenario. No, like, accidental reveal. We can't have accidental queen beeve being shown. Like, like it's one thing if Paris Hilton passes out with no panties on and her beeves on TV, but it's another (laughs) thing. We cannot have queen beeve out for everybody to see. Can't do it. Can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Number 20. Uh Uh-huh. The queen apparently has a decent sense of humor. Okay. Well, then she'll love the show. Yeah, I know. (laughs) She's going to love us. Hey. Hey, queen. (laughs) One time she was taking a low-profile vacation in Scotland and was out taking a walk when she met a couple of Americans along the trail. Nice. The Americans made some small talk with her and asked if she was from the area, (laughs) not knowing who she was. Oh, wow. And she told them yes, and she said she had a house nearby. (laughs) (laughs) And before departing, the Americans asked her if she had ever met the queen. Wow. At which point she pointed to her bodyguard Uh and said, no, but he has. Oh, wow. That's a good joke. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Yes. Clueless Americans. Yeah, just durr. Dirty durr. How do you not? I don't know, but I believe it. I believe that to be a true story. That Americans would be that ignorant, but (laughs) it's sad. (laughs) It makes me sad. It makes me embarrassed. Oh, well, you know, it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, those were some really interesting facts. Yeah, so that's 20 facts about the queen and her family. I didn't know any of them. Well, in our last, uh, Quest for Knighthood, part Quest one. Quest for Knighthood. Uh, we did, uh, I did a segment on where I explained some of uh, the Canterbury Tales. And just oh, the, yes. some craziness and some shit you didn't know from uh, Canterbury Tales. Mm-hmm. And I said there was more, and there are. And uh, I thought maybe as a, as a little bit this week, I would do uh, another segment of Canterbury Tales. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm going to describe two tales because they're woven together. It is the Summoner's Tale and the Friar's Tale. And if you remember, they're all telling their different stories and they're in their, they're in a group on their way to 
the on their pilgrimage. And first, uh, summoner, just to give you an idea of what that is, because that's not something people really realize. A summoner was an official of ecclesiastical court who told you you had to come to church court. Because back in the Middle Ages, the church ran the court. Right. You didn't have like court court. You no. had church court. Church court. <laughs> and yeah, and the guy who shows up and tells you that you got to go to church court and they can punish you with like crazy shit uh, was called a summoner. Okay. And a friar was basically a monk, a traveling monk that would offer services of religious services to people traveling around. Okay. Um, monk, monks were tended to live like in hermitages alone and friars were the monks that they sent out into the world to go proselytize and do all those things. They were the ones that they were like, look, you can sort of people mm -hmm. better than these other guys. Yeah. Get out there and talk. Yeah, but what's interesting about both of those positions is in medieval England, they were both kind of looked down on because the friar was seen as selling the Lord Basically, you're kind of like a Bible salesman of today or the like. Oh, yeah. You were kind of going out there and asking rich people to give you money because you were religious and poor. And probably also to support you while you travel. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of were considered to be a little bit of leeches. And then summoners obviously were looked down on because no one likes nobody to be wanted to that to guy knocking at your door. Yeah. So and they hated each other. Oh, yeah. And so. The friar's tale goes first, and the friar is basically, he just goes straight in on the summoner. He's like, okay, so I got a story. It's about a summoner. And the summoner <laughs> looks over at him like, what the fuck, He's bro? like, what the fuck, man? And he's like, okay, so there's a summoner. He's on his way to extort a widow. So this lady's husband has just died, and he's like, oh, yeah, this would be a great chance to extort her. And on the way down the road, he meets a guy who's clearly an outlaw. He's dressed in green and uh, brown, which was the colors of outlaws. And they just start confessing sins to each other. It's like, what's up? Brother, I'm evil. You're evil. Let's talk about our evil deeds. They start bragging about how evil they are. The outlaw turns into a demon, and the summoner's not really that surprised. He's like, yeah, I hang out with demons a lot. I figured I, that's what you I'm, were. Because I'm evil. Yeah. Yeah, and so they talk, and they have some antics. Some things happen. Basically, the, it turns out that the demon's pretty obsessed with what your intent is. So, like, you, if you lie, the demon will know it, and he, he's really only interested in what your intentions are. Okay. Are your intentions evil? Right. And so th that's a weird thing that happens, but that's what happens. And so they get to the widow, and he's the the, the summoner's like, I'm going to try to scam this widow by like telling her she's going to get charged if she doesn't pay me this money. Mm -hmm. And she's all gets mad and upset. And she's like, no, my husband didn't owe debt or whatever because he was trying to make it on his, her dead husband. And she's like, I damn you to hell, you know, because you're the worst. And the demon senses her intent, and it was pure. So he's like, oh, yeah, you're stuck. You're going to hell. And he takes the summoner <laughs> to hell. And that's the story. Her intent was pure. Right. So got to do it. I'm a demon. It's my job. You're going where you belong. And he takes him to hell. And that's how the story ends. And I assume at that point, the friar looks over or at the summoner is like, your move, mate. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jesus, that's hardcore, right? Here's a story about this one time when a summoner went to hell. Yeah. For being a dick. <laughs> And he was like totally tight with the demon. Uh -huh. Yeah, which clearly they have a history, but yeah. they don't say it in the story, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. I think Chaucer was trying to build a history between them that you don't know, but you can feel. Right. Which I think is a really compelling storytelling. Sure. Otherwise, it's just boring when they're like the friars and the summoners didn't like each other. Right. That's boring, but the way they built this story up, it's like, no, they really had an intense hatred Ooh, for each other for some they reason. Had beef. Yeah. Ooh. And so then. 
the summoner gets his tail. He's like, okay, well, I, now it's my turn to tell a story. And he basically starts off just telling fact, like random facts about Friars. And he's like, did you know <laughs> that Friars typically, you know, like have hooved feet? You know, like he's just fucking dissing them. And then he does this interesting thing where there's a, there was a, a certain branch of monks called the Cistercian monks. And in they, they had a story where a monk goes to heaven and he looks around and doesn't see any Cistercian monks. And he's like, why is there no Cistercian monks in heaven? Clearly they're the best people. And it turns out they're living inside the Virgin Mary's cloak. That's why he can't see them. They live in there. Oh, they're so close to her. Right. And they're so sacred. Um, so the summoner's like, I got a story that's kind of like that, except it's about friars. <laughs> oh, no. And he's like, all right, so so, so one time a friar, he goes down to hell. And he's in hell, and he's like, oh, this is nice. There's no friars down here. I thought there might be at least a few, but there's not. That's because we're so good. And the angel's like, oh, wait. Ask Satan to lift up his kilt and bend over. Oh. And so he asks Satan to lift up his kilt and bend over, and he does, <laughs> and Satan farts. And friars fly out of Satan's asshole and fly around the room. No. And that is where friars go. And then he looks at the fucking friar and is like, your move again. And they just sort of rap battle it out. So that's like a medieval rap battle Uh via Canterbury Tales. That happens in Canterbury Tales where they just straight up beef it and it's hilarious. That's crazy. I know. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, no, 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 wait. There are friars here. Satan, lift up your kilt and bend over. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got to show you some friars. <laughs> That's in the Canterbury Tales. It's great. Yeah, fantastic. It's great. And that concludes this week's episode. And I think we did a great one. I think, I think yeah, I, I agree. We are on our quest for knighthood. I think we have done Glory for England in this episode. And we did Glory for England in our last one, which you can find on our website. CarolinaSnowflakes.com. Also, you can find a Facebook where us and maybe some British people talk about England. And hopefully some knights are there as well mm-hmm. to give us a good word. Facebook.com forward slash Carolina Snowflakes. And if the queen is listening and she wants to send me a slide into the DM, send me a nice private message, you can do that on the email, queen. CarolinaSnowflakes at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Cheerio.